This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do on Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. This podcast is here for anyone who is interested in crypto at all. Maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water, or maybe you don't know anything about this and it's the very beginning. Crypto Curious is the place to get started as we cover off all the basics that you need to know. But we recommend heading back to the early episodes to get your footing. However, if you think you're ready to dive in head first, then let's do it. Today we have a special guest, Ravi Sharma, on the podcast. Welcome, Ravi. No, I appreciate you guys uh, welcoming me on. Thanks for having me. So let jump in if I get this wrong, Ravi. So Ravi is a real estate buyer's agent. YouTuber and NFT collector, has over 30,000 subscribers on YouTube, his own Patreon group and creates content around investing in crypto, property and of course, NFTs. Is that right? You nailed it. <laughs> There's a few things there. Oh, there is a few things there. So look, welcome to the show. And just to go broad and big straight away, feel free to answer this however you like, but how did you get into crypto? Uh, it's a good question. Um, I probably had the worst possible start to crypto anyone could have had. Um, I hear, you know, we go into Christmas in 2017. I've never heard about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. And um, I'm sitting there and my brother goes, have you heard about Bitcoin? You know, people are making some ridiculous money. And I'm someone who's very quick on execution. So sometimes it's my downfall because I don't do enough research and I just jump in. And literally within a week, I signed up uh, with CoinSpot. Uh, bought you know a bunch of altcoins because I felt like Bitcoin already had its run, and it felt great for a few days, and then it absolutely melted faces on the way down, uh, and so I got wrecked. <laughs> you know what? We came in the exact same time. Oh, that's, really? That's the same time, exactly the same time. Yeah, like literally Christmas that year. It was me too. You know, I, I went head first in as well, and then obviously we know what happened in 2018. Um, you know, you only lose if you sell. And yeah, I did sell a lot, but yeah, yeah. Okay. So you went head first. So you're gung ho. And did you sell? What did you hold on to? And what did you buy? No, I didn't. I didn't sell. Thankfully, at the time, I bought some Cardano. Um, I did buy some XRP at the top as well, because apparently that was the biggest thing at the time. Um, and I bought some Ethereum. Not enough, but just some. And the, you know, it just kept going down, further down, further down. And I don't know what made me think. At that point, after you know my portfolios dropped by sixty or seventy percent, that I should probably go into a self-managed super fund and then put the rest of my money in there at that time. So I ended up doing that as well at that time. So I think we the- are literally <laughs> parallel. Oh, we are living parallel lives. This is <laughs> this is exactly in this is exactly what we did in in the middle of this would have been. 
2018, yes? Yeah, yeah, correct. Around June, yeah. July, yeah. August time, uh, I was getting in with my super. Wow. Wow. That is wow. risk on. That is risk on. But obviously you saw something there. And were you in property at that time, Ravi? Is that when you were in the property industry? I've probably okay. been in property for about eight or nine years. Um, so I started when I was like 21, 22. And so for me, I had seen the sort of gains and the growth I could get from property but when I saw with, with crypto, obviously it was the initial FOMO and phase was I can just make quick money. But once I got wrecked and everyone sort of left the space is when I started going, hey, there might be something here apart from just making money. Uh, and that's when I started deep diving in. Is that a similar thing for you guys? A hundred percent. So obviously you got wrecked. And I think it's sort of the, the rite of passage is you FOMO in, you get wrecked. And then there's like a second phase. When did your second phase start? Was it when you put your superannuation in or was it like DeFi? Was it NFTs? What was like the second when you're like, okay, this has this has some legs? Yeah, well, I think with super, it only happened six months later and, you know, all the influencers left the space. And at that point, I, you know, I didn't even have YouTube on the cards for myself. Um, so I ended up putting my super in. That ended up dropping another 20, 30% as well, uh, which wasn't a great feeling, but I never sold. Uh, and then from there, I... I sort of thought to myself, maybe it's just best I stick to property um, because that's all I know. And so I started, I stayed in uh, property for a while. And then I think it was around end of 2020 when, again, a lot of people started talking, but I didn't want to make the same mistake this time. So I started really educating myself. And that's probably been the second wind, you know, start of 2021. Uh, I started going heavier and obviously, you know, at that time, I was making a lot less than what I make now. So I was able to make, um, you know, greater inroads at that time. Can I go, sorry, can I want to go back a little bit further? Because I know that you've done really well with your NFTs and where you've gone from this now, but I'm really intrigued about the fact that you did six months later in what was the start of a bear market, put your super in there and you went hard. And, and, and Craig's just said kind of what was that second coming for you, but you've done that when things were still going down. So there must have been something there. There must have been, you must have seen the opportunity. So what was it? Like what was, what you've seen the gains, but then the gains have gone down. So there must have been something that tweaked when you said that you're, you're someone that jumps in head first, but you're obviously someone that does your research as well. So kind of, can you remember what pinpointed you? Can you remember what kind of piqued your interests to made you realise that there was an opportunity here? Yeah, it was um, essentially going in and understanding what Bitcoin was. Uh, or is, you know, uh, how it got created and why it got created. And at that point, I thought, okay, maybe I've missed the boat on Bitcoin. I don't know. But what are the other things doing in the space? Like, what are the other coins and, you know, projects promising? And what I realized was a lot of it was just speculation on a future value, right? That we're, we're promising we can do X, Y, and Z in the future. And that's what you're betting on right now. And what I realized was, you know, with consumer behavior, you know, people love the hype. And then it's, you know, sell the rumor, you know, uh, buy the rumor, sell the news, right? And it sort of felt like these projects had huge promises, but they weren't actually going to deliver anything for a few years. And with my super, you know, I only had, I probably had about $24,000 at the time in my super. And I realized that if I do everything well with property outside in my personal name and whatnot, I won't need super later on. Yeah, you took you took a risk, correct? And it's long term. You weren't going to touch you weren't going to touch it for forty years anyway, or whatever it might be. Exactly. So. so you sort of did the opposite to what a lot of people like my age do. Like we see crypto as a way to eventually afford property, where you've done the property and then you've come back to crypto. So like, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what made you want to dive deep into to crypto? 
It's a good question, man. Um, because yeah, that's exactly what I see right now is anyone, you know, 20, 30, 40, they're all going, well, property seems to be difficult. Maybe if I can make a quick 3X or 4X in crypto, I can maybe buy a property. Um, and for me, I actually like having the foundation as something quite stable, uh, being real estate. And so despite the fact that I'll go out and buy NFTs and buy crypto now, I only have the confidence to do that, knowing that it could all disappear for whatever reason, uh, but I still have the real estate, which is the traditional stuff working in the background. So as much as I'm risk on and a bit of a DJ when it comes to NFTs, I won't be doing that move until I've got a foundation. <laughs> so you see property as a way to take the risk off. You go, you make some money, you go into property and then you just do it that way. Is that? Yeah, correct. Correct. So it's almost like, you know, that whole idea that people, you know, trade out some of these smaller altcoins, speculative altcoins, and then they try and take the profits back into Bitcoin or Ethereum because those honestly, like in my opinion, are the only ones that are, I can hand on heart say they're probably going to be around in five years. The rest of them, I'm not sure. And so at the moment, while I'm not sure, I can still speculate, make some gains, but I don't think, you know, betting 100% of my funds into something so speculative is worth it. Um, and that's why I try and have the real estate stuff, which is the traditional, you know, set, forget, works in the background, keep building the wealth there. But with crypto and NFTs, I can multiply it and accelerate very quickly. And that's that, that's a really good point you've just made there, flipping back into Ethereum and Bitcoin, because people, I remember when Bitcoin had the second run up, Tracy, I think you, we, were, we were friends at the time when Bitcoin was back at all time highs and everyone was sort of in stuck in altcoin saying, oh, I'm up in USD, but like you have less Bitcoin. <laughs> like if you just dollar cost average into Bitcoin, you probably would have been better off. And like people sometimes, I think sometimes forget when Bitcoin goes on a run or Ethereum goes on a run, everything else does not outperform like in the base pair. Um, so that's a really good point by speculating, but like just focusing on building that Ethereum Bitcoin stash. And looking at advice for young people coming into the market, Ravi, we touched on this before where it's a little bit generational because for for my generation it was you you kind of you finished your studies, you saved for a house and you purchased your house. We're now to do that, you need, you know, at least half a million, if not more, and you're priced out of the market. You know, you know, it's really hard. We kind of squeezed out. So Bitcoin um, and cryptocurrencies are an opportunity for, for, for the new generation to get ahead. So wh- what's your advice for those people? How do they go about potentially doing that through this space? Yeah, I think, it, you know, education is obviously there uh, and there's so much information. There's probably too much now at this point. Um, so there's always a counter argument to what people are thinking is the best idea and whatnot. Uh, I think one of the main things that I've learned is you can be a technical analysis genius, but you will never know what's going to happen in the market. So don't pretend like you do. And so I think I love the fact that if you've got multiple little buckets um, where you, you're dollar cost averaging into yes, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you've got the same sort of thing with other asset classes as well. I think that is probably a good starting point, but I would still say, build the foundation with something that's a bit safer in quotation marks. You know, nothing's really safe. Everything's got risks. But with the volatility that crypto brings, I think a lot of young people that are starting out can't weather that storm, which means they ultimately sell at the wrong time, buy at the wrong time. Whereas something where it's a bit more, you know, stable with your real estate, you're not, you're not able to actually see the value of that real estate every single day anyway. You can't sell it immediately. And that is what I think allows for that asset to keep growing, especially because it also serves the, you know, the basic need of shelter as well. 
And you also shelter yourself from emotion selling too quickly like you can with crypto. <laughs> it is an emotional ride, that's for sure. And we talk about, you know, properties, bricks and mortar. You can see it there. It's a tangible. With crypto uh, and this space, as people like to point out, you know, it's not backed by anything. It's not there. What do you see as the risks and how can we navigate around these risks? And I talk about risks aside from the volatility. We know why the volatility is there and we we understand that volatility now, but what other risks do you see posing this space moving forward? Well, I think a big one is um, regulation. So people obviously don't know what that could mean for a lot of people. If countries start banning it, we've seen plenty of countries ban it and then unban it and then ban it again. Um, so I think regulation is going to give a little bit more clarity um, around what the next phase of this looks like. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not in the camp of conspiracy theories and people trying to control us. Um, I don't spend any time on that sort of stuff. But I think the reality of regulation coming into the space is going to happen. And I think it's a positive if we look at it in that light, because it introduces a little bit of, uh, you know, it introduces confidence into the space, which is what we need for this to be actually mainstream. I think the other part to, you know, when we look at risks, uh, especially when it comes to crypto, you're looking at cold wallets, seed phrases, holding these things yourself. I think the lack of accountability in general is unbelievable, where people don't want to take the ownership for their own mistakes. So imagine having Bitcoin and then losing your own wallet. Who are they going to blame? So I think banks have a huge play here. They're going to be going, oh, let's let's keep your wallets, you know, pay us a fee. And that's essentially why people keep money in the bank and not, you know, in their own name somewhere else. Yeah, I agree. Ravi, you've ticked something off my bucket list. Um, you own a bored ape. Yacht Club NFT, and it is of a bored ape. He's got the black shirt on, just like what you're wearing. His eyes are out of his head. <laughs> we know the price of these bored apes right now. They're like over 100 F. Why did you spend so much on a bored ape NFT? What What do you see? Where, where do you see it going? Why did you do it? Tell me about your thought process here. Yeah, obviously I was, I was very, very scared when I did it. I'm so glad I captured that moment on like a YouTube video because I'm always going to remember that moment that... You know, when I told my mum that I spent that much on a monkey, she was like, what does the monkey do? And I was like, it's like Is really it a good real question. monkey? Ravi, did you buy a real monkey? <laughs> I've always actually wanted a pet monkey. And so this was uh, the perfect way to get one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but to be honest, like in terms of being in the space for NFTs, I, I guess a bit of context, I, I sort of entered the space in August last year. So 2021, I got introduced to Gary Vee's NFT when it was minting. But I never got in because I was like, I don't know what MetaMask is. I don't want to learn about this. This is silly. Oh. Sounds silly. So I missed Everyone's out. Everyone's on... got those stories. Yeah. Two months later, again, one of my friends was like, dude, you need to check out NFTs. And I was like, okay, let me check it out. And when I was starting to check it out on day one, I came across Bored Apes and they were at 7 ETH. And I was like, I'm not spending 7 ETH on a picture of a monkey. Like it's not going to happen. And it's crazy, right? At that point, um, 7 ETH sounds like such a huge amount, especially if you've been in the space for less than 24 hours. And then I saw it jump up to like 13 ETH by the end of the week. And I was like, I'm definitely not buying it now. And you've always got taught like with crypto, you know, everything that moves up really quickly has to correct. And again, with this new beast that is Bored Ape, I end up purchasing back at 85 ETH um, only a few months later. And the reality of actually pulling the trigger on something I could have bought at that price to now, I had to put that aside, right? Uh, I had to look at the bigger picture and 
You can say that with anything. I'm not gonna buy Ethereum at these prices because I could have bought it at 300 bucks. Well, you'd miss out on whatever happens next. So spending that much money yep. on an NFT like a Bored Ape, the main reason was if we see this entire Web3 space pan out, I think networking with the biggest players in the space is going to be the big tool or the big asset. It's essentially how I look at a membership pass into Silicon Valley 2.0. You know, it could be some other NFT, but to know what they've been able to do in that space being, you know, the premier blue chip project, I was more confident in buying that than spending that across multiple smaller projects. So tell me about that then. So you have a board ape you want to access the community. What is, what is that? Do you get access to a Discord? Can you talk a little bit about you have a board ape, what's next? Yeah, so it obviously gives you access to their Discord um, with ape holders, uh, but then it also allows you to have numerous other conversations. Um, so as soon as I got one, I announced it on Twitter. I had a bunch of Aussies hit me up as well. They were like, let's catch up, you know, in Sydney or Melbourne. And a lot of these guys have been in the space for some time. They've got their own projects. And naturally, I'm building my own project for the next six months as well. So it just meant that it allowed me to have access to these guys. And I think that access part is is what people don't understand, like, or don't value as much, you know, oh, a picture of an ape. But it's like, you don't get a gym membership and pick up a card for that much, right? You go for the gym access. You're right. You're totally right there. I really, I see you're kind of hitting that in a different perspective that I hadn't thought of. It's the access, but also it's the, it's the creativity and the excitement and it's the buzz that goes along with it. And you're all kind of got these creative juices going, and you're discussing things, and you've got this, you know, tight knit little community. Can we go back a tiny bit when you're talking about the the thought process around spending that money at the time and hodling and where you think it's going to go? And I'm kind of going through that again now with um, World of Women. So I'm actually asking you for some advice right now because I, again, saw that in a group that I was in pop up last year when it was announced and it came out and someone who um, I really trust in the NFT space and she'd been talking about NFTs for a while and she said, check out this one, World of Women, think it's really going to go somewhere. The artist, she's amazing. And they were like 200, 400 at the time. And again, I just... You know, you've got so much going on, you think, oh, yeah, I should get one of those. You know, it didn't happen, didn't happen, you know, big mistake. And now, you know, Craig's got one, you know, I want to I want to go ahead and get one. But there's been a little bit of chatter about their price coming back down again. And you, and you think, you know, do I wait? Do I try and time the market? Do I just go in there and grab one? You know, where are we at with NFTs right now? Because it did come off a bit. If you look at the sales on um, Open Seas, I think, uh, the last two weeks of March, they really pulled back again. I think that was timing with what was going on in the market. But how do you see the NFT landscape, say, in the last few months and where it's going in the next few months? Uh, I'm so glad you brought up World of Women because that was the first NFT I bought. So I bought a couple at 0.2 ETH, which Ooh. sounds crazy at this point now because yeah. I thought this is going to be the premier women-led project, right? And if we have Bored Apes take off to where they are, well, there's a 10X here sitting so I ended up at one point, I had 11 of these. Uh, and I say at one point because I sold oh. I sold a few. You know, it was always, you know, take those profits. You know, I was rotating. I was just learning in the space as well. So it was good. No regrets. But to your point around timing the market and knowing what's about to come, I think all the hype at the moment is the other side, which is Yuga Labs project around the land metaverse, right? People are like, well, do I wait for the land to drop and then buy? I feel like this has been the case every month with a new drop or an older project it's always trying to time the market. And 
I'm now in that space where if I can afford to get into a big conviction play, uh, I, I buy. Um, and, you know, World of Women, I've been buying from 0.2 ETH all the way up to my most recent purchase, which was about 7 ETH. And I, was, I took some profits on some as well. So I think with what's happening in the space is it's maturing. And I think the market as a whole is not moving altogether at once anymore. I think you've got a few blue chip um, NFTs that are taking off. And they probably don't have the 10x left in them, right? For Bored Apes to do a 10x, you've got to be at a thousand ETH. Probably not going to happen, right? Might not happen. But what comes with what comes with the Bored Ape though? You got the land, you got you know other airdrops, you got the Ape Coin airdrop that you got. And, and and exactly with World of Women, right? Is they then gave you the airdrop for World of Women Galaxy. So there's always going to be things like that that come up. And I'm in a position now where I value the blue chips where I'm trying to protect my wealth in NFTs because we need to step out of it and go, hey, you know, I'm looking for the next 10x. Like 10x in anything, any asset ever is absolutely insane. So to be able to do that within 12 months or expect to do it in 12 months is absolutely crazy. So if I'm able to get into assets like Bored Apes, World of Women, and I can see them go back to their all-time high, for World of Women, all-time high was like, you know, 13, 14, 15 ETH. That's a 2x from here. And that's where I sort of go and take a step back, come into the traditional world and say, am I going to make this sort of money anywhere else? Probably not. And then I come back and say, well, what's the market been doing? There is, it's been close to impossible to time this NFT bull run. Um, you've seen projects like Boss Beauties that I've been a really big fan of. I got in at you know, 0.15 pretty much. And I saw it right all the way up to 3E retrace on the back of good news good partnerships and it's now back at like 1.14. So it's very difficult to time and there's different projects that take off at different times. I think like the the space has matured quite quickly. I think when we first got into it, it was all about the pretty pictures on your display picture, you know. Similar to you, I had a DGN ape, sold it, bought back in at like what 10x of what I bought it before. But like it's crazy. You guys probably have the same situation. I've been telling my dad you know, crypto is the thing, get some crypto. All of a sudden he sees these apes. He's like, I need an ape. He's like, I need one of these things with a Twinkie in their <laughs> mouth. It's like, so I think it's like, on, it, it's it's another way of onboarding as well. But also like you said, Ravi, the blue chips, like the Yuga Labs, people looking into like who is behind these NFTs? What are they, like, what's their plan? I saw the Yuga Labs pitch deck was released and it's pretty staggering numbers that they're putting up. The revenue they're making mm-hmm. is like using board apes as essentially a capital raising for Yuga Labs. You know, Pudgy Penguins just got bought out by a similar group to Yuga Labs. World of Women are like, you know, I'm going to get a Pudgy Penguin after this <laughs> after this call. But I know also like, you know, World of Women, Galaxy, Mutant Apes. Where do you see these sort of secondary projects? Because I've got a Galaxy, I've got a World of Women Galaxy because I was priced out of the World of Women. Do you think that for these blue chips, are they just going to keep releasing new collections at more of a supply, cheaper for people like you and me to get involved? Well, people like me, I should say, because you already have a board eight. People that can actually get involved with that, you know, I think there's the Kennel Club as well. Like, where do you see these blue chips with the secondary projects that come out? The best way to sort of think about it is at the moment we're going, oh my God, it's a supply of 10,000 or it's a supply of 20,000. Who's going to buy that? That's too high. It's too high for now because there's, what, less than 1% of the entire world population in, in NFTs right now. 
So when you start thinking about this at scale, mm. how many people can actually afford, even a World of Women Galaxy, which is meant to be affordable, is now sitting at 1.1 ETH, which is like over 5,000 Australian dollars, right? So if you're wanting to get into these communities, it's already so expensive. So what I see happening is over the long run, we're going to see NFT collections with 50,000, 60,000, 100,000. And they may not be a play around, oh, well, you're collecting these for price appreciation. It might just be that sense of community. And the reality is something that I don't see enough being spoken about is, you know, when you pass, you know, your, your late 20s, early 30s, you realize it's, it's quite hard to make friends. You know, people have different interests, different things that they're interested in. Mm, and this, this community, the, yeah, NFT yeah. is bringing those people together. So you're suddenly going, hey, you know what? Like, I don't mind paying a membership. That's exactly why they pay memberships to golf courses and golf clubs, you know, around the world, because they want to feel like they belong to something. This is, yeah. That's a mic drop right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. That's It's just so true what you're saying right now. Do you think it comes to a stage where, you know, OpenSea uses 10x as a result of that? We'd be looking at projects that have, you know, 40,000 supply and thinking that's small because it's scaling up. Do you think we'll get to that level where Bored Apes will, you know, they'll bring out whatever it is, 40,000 supply, and then they're going to be cheap and then they're going to be the new, you know, the new quick movers? Like, is that how you see the space going, like, as a scale? Yeah, definitely. Like, think about, you know, Bored Apes brought out mutant apes, right? And um, with mutant apes, Everyone was like, I don't like the artwork. It's not minimal. I'm never going to put this as my PFP. Um, it was sitting there at like three, four, five ETH for a long time. But as soon as we started seeing appreciation on base, they were like, well, what's the next best thing? How do I get access to the same community? And they realized that, hey, I'm okay having 80% of the utility and access at a lower price. I'll take that. And that's why we've seen you know, prices for mutant apes now to a point where it was supposed to be you know, cheap. It was meant to be affordable. And now to get into that, you're co it's costing $150,000 Australian. So I think we're going to get to a point where it's just a tiered system. And just like with anything in real life as well, you know, if you want to go to a sporting stadium, you can still attend. You'll just get a general admission pass. You can't get a box seat. You can't get courtside. And I think that's how we're going to sort of see this play out, I, I think. That's a really good example, eh? Like, especially with the golf memberships, like you can get the top tier, free food, free beer, golf whenever you want, or you can just play golf every now and again, or you can just play golf whenever you want. It's the same thing. You're still playing golf, but your experience is obviously tiered. We're touching a nerve here because Craig loves his golf. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point, though. It's like, seriously. Yeah, it is. But I want to know, Ravi, what you think about the metaverse and the NFT space here and how that all interacts and do you see us pushing more into the land space and, you know, like you said, you've touched on it there because, you know, um, World of Women have gone that way with the land component as have um, the Bored Apes. So do you see a lot more of a crossover and how do you think that'll work? Yeah, it's interesting because at the moment it's like you're buying space in land that's not scarce because anyone can just create their own metaverse. Um, so I think a lot of this, we're, we're probably going to see some sort of hyperbolic run um, in, in terms of land and metaverse because people don't really understand that it doesn't matter where you actually have your plot of land because it's instant. You know, if you're comparing that to, say, Sydney property market, you buy in Point Piper, you're going to pay $30 million because you get to see this view. Now, if you want access to certain nightclubs, you want certain bars and restaurants, well, they're probably going to be around you in that space. 
Whereas with land and in the metaverse, I think it's very dif different. You know, you're, we're sitting in three different locations right now. We're, we're having a conversation instantly. So I think that part is going to play out and I'd be very careful around buying heaps of land in blue chip areas. Uh, I'm probably more on the space or, you know, in the mindset that it's going to be super interesting when we see tokenization of real estate in Australia. I think that's mm. coming. And I think that is going to make a lot more sense because, you know, that I can go, there's only so much of that land. Whereas with this, well, what stops them from creating more land? And, you, you know, it can continue on forever. <laughs> Although I feel like that's a rabbit hole. We should, we should probably do another episode on <laughs> NFT property. Yeah. You know what? Do you think that they will do more meetups as well? I know that we had the Board Ape Yacht Club boat party, didn't they? But do you think you'll see more meetups in the NFT space? I mean, in New York late last year, they had the big in real life meetup in New York where everyone from the scene came together. I don't think we've, we haven't done a lot of that here in Australia yet. I know that we're all moving to this metaverse, you know, Ready Player One online thing, which I hate. But do you think there'll be more, you know, in real life meetups that they're bringing people together with through NFTs? Yeah, for sure. Um, you're already seeing it with, you know, NFT NYC was like the first sort of thing for it. You had Ape Fest. Now you've got World of Women. They're holding World of Women Wow Gala. Boss Beauties are going to have their own conference. You know, VCon's happening with Gary V. And even in Australia, I think there's a lot of offline sort of conversation around that at the moment. Uh, I think it's going to naturally go towards that where some people like to meet in real life. Um, I'm probably a bit more introverted uh, and I'd love to just sit at home in my PJs and talk to everyone with my black t-shirt on. But I know that people enjoy the human interaction, you know, face-to-face -face sort of touch and feel thing. So I definitely think NFTs could be, it could be like a step backwards, go into more online and then that's going to allow us to come back out and we probably have a few more interactions in person. That's a good point. So I guess... You know, we've been talking for a while. Really want to understand, I know you've got some videos around your criteria for looking for an NFT space. Not financial advice, of course, but what are some of the things, you know, p people that are listening, you know, they, they want to get involved. What should they look for? What are the red flags? You know, w what would you suggest to someone that's just getting started right now, just like we were back in the day? I think the number one thing is you got to, you're betting on people. So, Take your, take your hat on from Shark Tank and think you are a VC and you're investing in a startup because that's what you are. And your NFT is funding their startup. They're coming in with a promise, a roadmap, which is a business plan, really. And so you're going in and saying, I'm going to throw money at this picture of an ape. Well, it's a smart contract. So they could change the ape. You know, it could change the image or they can upgrade the image later. But it's the utility behind it, the access and the founders that I think are going to be the big play. I've seen plenty and I've been wrecked as well where I jumped into something because there was a bit of FOMO and hype for a quick flip. Turns out who's left holding the bag? They're going to end up with an, an NFT that goes down to pretty much zero versus if you trust in people, you're probably going to have a higher conviction to actually hold. Uh, something like, you know, Boss Beauties, so much utility, have partnerships with Hugo Boss, Barbie, UN, like there's so much happening in that space behind Lisa yet people are in there going, oh, I just want a quick flip, so they've come out of the project. People are thinking, you know, how do I make as much money in one month? I'm thinking, how do I stay in the community and build with these people over the next 10 years? 
There you go. Yeah, that is that is a really good piece of advice that you've got there. So, Ravi, mm. how can people follow you? What 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 channels can they get some more alpha from you? What's the best way? Share with us how they can follow you. Yeah, I think on YouTube, if you just type in my name, Ravi Sharma, uh, there should be a bunch of videos that come up, not just about real estate, but about NFTs, metaverse, as well as crypto and mindset. Um, I think people are jumping in, you know, watching a few influencers and saying, oh, I can make quick money. But I think we've got to start with the basics of getting the right mindset. If you've never invested before, you know, the difference between investing and gambling is a very fine line. And I think with NFTs, it's really coming to the forefront, which is why so many people get wrecked. But yeah, I would say YouTube's probably my main um, source of information for people. And then if they want more than that, there's Patreon and things like that as well. Well, I think, you know, I've... I've loved chatting with you because I think you've just given us a whole heap of alpha there, but also empowering us all to become our own VCs and checking out, you know, what we're getting involved in before we do that. So I, for one, awesome. would love to, you know, chat with you again and pick your brain on a few things and find out what else is going on in the space. So we haven't even spoken about real estate on the metaverse and where that's going because that is going in a whole different direction. I'm sure you're probably all up with that as well. The next chat should be about NFT houses because I think that's a that's a rabbit He's going hole in a whole different direction. I'm sure you're probably all up with that as well. Not only that, but like I was watching my little cousins and they were playing games, um, you know, roadblocks and things like that. And these are the same companies that are signing big crypto gaming sort of contracts. So I'm going, I, I think everyone knows where this is headed. Well, the people in the space know where it's headed and it's very exciting. I've had a, I've had a good time with uh, chatting with you guys. Again, yes, thanks so much for your time, Ravi, and we'll definitely have you back one day. Awesome, man. We love hearing from you, our listeners, and finding out what you want to know more about. So please keep us in the loop and send us an email at podcast at getbamboo.io and follow us on social media. And make sure you hit the follow button whenever you're listening to us, like right now. That's so you don't want to miss an episode and get notified every time we release a new one. We'd love you also to share this podcast with your friends and family. We know there are a lot of crypto curious people out there, so send them our way, why don't you? Also, don't forget we have the code CURIOUS out there for anyone who would like $10 worth of free Ethereum when they download the Bamboo app. And don't forget to rate and review us in your podcast app, wherever you're listening to us right now. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next episode. Bye for now. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.